the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Secret Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, one of the USA Today NFL Wire sites covering, of course, your Arizona Cardinals. And we continue with the opponent preview series. We are in the AFC North opponents. Uh, the Cardinals play the four AFC North teams this coming season, one of them being the Cincinnati Bengals. They will face them at home in Week 5. Joe Burrow and company come to town. First time since 2019, I believe. Um, and so we get, we get it's a team we don't get to see a lot. And so uh, in this show, rather than Seth Cox, who, who I'm giving a break during these next two weeks, and our goal to do 14 opponent shows in 14 days, uh, is Greg Wilson, contributing writer to one of our sister sites, The Mangles Wire. Uh, Greg, nice to meet you. How are you, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I really appreciate you having me, Jess. I'm All right. excited, to, excited to do this. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for being on. Um, let's start and and look back at the 2022 season for the Bengals. Another successful one, but not as successful as the previous year. They were coming off of a Super Bowl appearance against the uh, against the LA Rams, in which they lost, and they were good again. They went 12 and four in the regular season, and made it to the NFC Championship game only to falter late against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as Patrick Mahomes mustered another comeback, uh, showing his greatness. What would you say about the 2022 season? Did it meet, did it fall short, or did it exceed expectations for the team? Well, I mean, it's tough to say that an AFC championship fall short of expectations. So I got to say, at the very least, it met expectations because you can't just expect to uh, beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs every single time you play him, which, you know, the Bengals were almost doing that before the AFC Championship last year. But, um, you know, 12-4 and four, AFC Championship, only losing by a field goal late late in the game. It that you, you can't really expect much more. Burrow was great. He took a little bit of a step forward. The defense was great, that Lou Anaruma defense. I mean, sure, you want to be able to compete for a Super Bowl every single year, but in this stacked AFC, it's just going to be tough to do that all the time. Was it was the end of the season viewed disappointingly? Like, were obviously they went to the Super Bowl and that was a surprise. Um, they they got hot and and made it to the Super Bowl after the twenty twenty one season. Obviously, they had expectations to be in the mix, and they were talked about as a potential favorite in the AFC. Was there that? Obviously, there's disappointment, but was it disappointing that they didn't get back? Like, was the reaction to the fan base like, "Oh, they they needed to go to the Super Bowl again. We needed to see that same progress." I don't really think it was this past season. Um, you know, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, it's, he's a tough in the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a really tough team to beat. But at, at the same time, it, it, in Cincinnati, I don't think there's really an expectation of Super Bowl every year quite yet. I, I will I will say yet, and, and maybe that will come if they continue to do this year after year, which it looks like that's definitely possible with Joe Burrow and the offense they're, they're, they're putting together. But um, it, it just – 
you, you can't really say an AFC championship is that much of a disappointment. I don't think the fans were too disappointed. The biggest disappointment was there's kind of this rivalry that's that's becoming a thing between them and the Chiefs. And I think the bigger disappointment was the fact that it was them that they lost to, not the fact that they didn't make the Super Bowl, but the fact that it was the Chiefs that did it. I think that was more of a disappointment for the fans than the fact that they lost. It was who they lost to. And makes sense. Makes sense. It's kind of a, even though they're not in the same division, but it's kind of like the big brother, little brother type thing because Mahomes has accomplished so much. And then Burrow got the best of him uh, the previous year. But then big brother's like, nope, we're we're, we're still better. Um, Looking at last season, what were the, high points and the highlights what were the greatest positives that you saw out of the team in 2022 um i mean the the greatest positives were the the defense honestly they they were expected to be pretty good but i think they really stepped up above what they were expected to do that Lou Anarumo he's been he's been absolutely great and honestly it's surprising that he hasn't been picked up for a head coaching position yet anywhere but it just the fact that they're able to re- retain him and, and, and what he's been able to do with a defense that wasn't really expected to be one of the best, I guess, it, but the, but they were up there. And obviously the offense, the, the offense is a powerhouse. You, you've got to say that's uh, that's obviously always a great um, part of, of what they've been doing. But that, that's almost expected at this point. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily the highlight because that that was an expectation for for that to be there with burrow and and the wide receiver core and and what they've got there but the defense really being able to i I think in the past few years i saw something in the later parts of the season december january february they're holding opponents to like 19 points a game or something like that so they've really showed up when it matters anything that would be considered a low point or disappointments, not necessarily as a team, but like what were some disappointing things about the season, players, whatnot? Well, and ever, ever since Burrow came up and honestly a little bit before the offensive line has definitely been not fully there. And they added a few guys last year, Alex Kappa, they added Lyle Collins, you know, um, Ted Karras, and they were better than they were previous years, but there was still a weakness there. They, I think Burrow is still like fifth in the league in sacks or something like that, and he, he's being pressured a lot more too. Um, so I would say that probably is what was one of the low points of the 2022 season. Obviously, you know, we'll talk later about it, but they addressed that in free agency a little bit. So, but it, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking specifically of a few years ago when Burrow had that injury uh, when when he uh, tore his ACL and and. Honestly, the very last play in the AFC Championship last year, I believe it, Burrow got sacked that to end the game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, it, it's just been in big times like that. Um, and, and just over a full season, they haven't really been able to step up to what's expected of them. How much of the, the obviously, Burrow's fantastic. Is there an element to the number of sacks that he takes? Is part of that his style of play? Um, like different reasons. Like Kyler Murray, he he ran himself into a lot of sacks his rookie year, and then got rid of the ball better. But but looking back at at Cardinals fans will remember back with Kurt Warner, he would take a lot of sacks because he would wait, 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 and it wasn't necessarily because the offensive line was bad, but because he was extra patient 
until the point he was waiting for something to happen and, and almost invited extra hits that he didn't need to take. How much is it offensive line play and how much is it, much is it Burrow's style of play? That definitely is that definitely is part of it, bro. Style of play, and you know he wants to extend a play as long as he possibly can. He wants to you know have the option to you know, check down if he needs to. And I think you get that kind of with a lot of young quarterbacks, and and he's growing out of that a little bit. Which you know the offensive line improving and him getting better, knowing when to uh, give up on a play, throw it away. Those both are parts of why the sacks are kind of becoming less and less common. I think. But I do think that it definitely has been at least some part of it. You know, he, he wants to extend a play. He wants to be able to get those first downs. And, and and a lot of the times that is something that, you know, you can't really be upset about because it works. Joe Burrow makes it makes it work. You know, he, he he's great at stuff like that. Um, but I, I do think it was a lot of the offensive line because there were also injury issues last year uh, at the same time. So I don't know if I would say it was mostly the offensive line, but at the very least, it was like a 50-50 thing. I, I, I don't know. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on and talk about the offseason free agency and the draft. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. In free agency, they lost, um, well, they either lost or moved on from a few players from their defense, Eli Apple, uh, not re-signed. Uh, their, their two safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, uh, both went to the NFC South, and so they've got moves to make there. Um, what, which players will be the biggest losses, those who are not returning in 2023? Definitely that secondary that you mentioned. Uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, really, to be specific, those I think are going to be the two biggest losses. I think that's where their biggest downgrade is. In coming into the 2023 season, I mean, they have been great. And um, I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to fare with that. But at the same time, you know, it, it's tough to be uh, a successful defense when there's so many great AFC quarterbacks right now. So you kind of need some really good, really good uh, guys in the secondary like Jesse Bates, like Von Bell. There you got Justin Herbert you're playing against all the time. You're seeing Aaron Rodgers in the AFC now. You've got uh, so many different so many different great AFC quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. So that defense is going to need to kind of make up for what they're losing out of Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And I think they're trying to do that um, on the interior a little bit, defensive rush. They, they, they've kind of built a good uh, group there, so hopefully they can kind of you know, put some more pressure on the quarterback. Maybe it doesn't matter as much. They don't have as good of a secondary as they used to. How I know they added Nick Scott in free agency, yes. the former Rams safety. What is the plan for 2023 for the safety position? I assume Scott is going to take one of the spots, but who is who is projected to be, or is that Dax Hill who's going to expected to take over that um, this coming season? I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of both. And honestly, they drafted Jordan Battle as well out of Alabama, which he was a little bit of a surprising pick in the third round. But I don't think I don't know if they're going to start with you know one of those guys really getting more time than the others. But I, it's going to be a lot of uh, you know trying different things and and maybe. Uh, with with certain kind of with certain kind of schemes that they want to run, maybe they'll switch in and out based on that type of thing. I know, like 
uh, Jordan Battle is going to be good in like uh, 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 like a box game. And um, I'm Nick Scott. I'm pretty sure he, he's like a man, more of a man to man special uh, specialty guy. So I think it's going to be uh, switching in and out like that. Who are the biggest? Like, well, obviously, I think the biggest addiction, uh, the uh, biggest addition, was was the adding of tackle Orlando Brown, formerly of the Chiefs, goes from protecting Patrick Mahomes to protecting Joe Burrow. Uh, how much of an impact will his addition make on the offensive line and the pass protection? It's going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely huge. I mean, um, that left side was a little bit weaker at times uh, and uh, Jonah Williams he's moving from left tackle to right tackle he he, uh, he he's kind of like learning that that side of the position now but with Orlando Brown there the injuries that they dealt with last year they're not going to be as big of a deal because now you know even w- even with the guys they've got set to start right now they've still got Lyle Collins they've still got Jackson Carmen uh ready to you know, if there are any injuries, ready to come in and fill those spots if they need to. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be very big for them. What and not only, not only just because they have him now, but also the Chiefs don't have him anymore. And obviously that's a big thing, you know, in, in that area too. Of course. What, what is the plan yeah. for Lyle Collings? Is he kicking inside? Is he going to be on the bench? I, I had seen early in the offseason – um, potentially Jonah Williams moving to guard, but if he's going at right tackle, that, that would make sense as well. But is, is Collins going to kick inside now? I, I don't think he's kicking inside. I don't think that's the plan yet. Um, honestly, I saw early in the offseason that they were thinking about possibly just, just uh, cutting him and saving that. I think it's $6 million. I don't think that's going to happen anymore at this point, obviously. But right now, I think... Well, the plan is Jonah Williams is the right tackle, and I think part of that is because not quite sure if Lyle Collins is going to be back on time because he's still recovering from his injury. But I, I think it's kind of like they're just going to attack that when it comes. It's and it's not really a bad problem to have to have too many guys that well, could start on your line. Yeah, that especially since offensive linemen, you know, they often get hurt. It's 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 a yeah. hard place to stay healthy who were the other impact additions in free agency beyond orlando brown um so sydney jones they got they got sydney jones at quarterback at a cornerback um i think he's going to sort of fill the eli apple uh spot that they had last year and eli apple still is available i don't know if they have any plans there but i i doubt it because sydney jones is a similar type of player but um he he is going to be he's going to make some sort of impact and Irv Smith also at tight end they lost Hayden Hurst from last year and you know he's a little bit of it's only a one-year deal it's a little bit of a risk because he's had a lot of injuries he's dealt with a lot of stuff he's only played I think like 19 games in three years or something like that but that upside is definitely there the upside is there and if anyone can unlock that I think it's Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor I think they'd be able to do that we move on to the draft. Their first pick is Clemson pass rusher, Clemson edge defender Miles Murphy. What do you like about him, and, and how impactful do you think he can be as a pass rusher in the NFL? Um, I, I I like Miles Murphy a lot. Honestly, if you would have if you would have told Bengals fans a year ago that they would be able to get Miles Murphy at twenty eight, I think they would have been very happy. And obviously, his past season at Clemson wasn't as great as he was previously but he still got that talent and he still got that work ethic ever since he's been with the Bengals he's 
uh, teammates are really speaking highly of him. He's being pushed hard, and he's been very explosive. And, and he's been – I think he's been mostly with the second team so far, but he's hanging with the first team at, at the same time. So he's he's really been able to uh, – you know, join that group of, he's been able to join that group of like uh, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, Joseph Osai, a great pass rush already. And he's definitely going to help out there. And I think he can make a pretty quick impact if he's, if he gets the playing time early, which I do believe he will. I was reminded about, I forgot about Joseph Osai, the former Texas guy. How, How has he, like, I know he was, his penalty at the gate at the end of that game was kind of critical and he was very down on himself. Is he, is he mentally in a place to be, to move on and, and, and contribute in 2023? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. You know, I mean, it's, it was, it was a, it was a big slip, big mess up, big mistake, but like, you know, it's they're NFL players. That kind of stuff happens. And I think they all realize that. I think like they're, they're, he, he's ready to move on. You know, they've got a whole nother season. They've got another chance to make it back. They've got another chance to win a Super Bowl. So I, I think they're ready to do that. Round two, Michigan cornerback DJ Turner. You already mentioned Alabama safety Jordan Battle in round three. Purdue wide out Charlie Jones in round four. Illinois running back Chase Brown in round five. A pair of round six picks. Princeton receiver Andre Yosivas and punter Brad Robbins out of Michigan going with the draft pick of a punter. Lastly, Miami Miami cornerback DJ Ivy in round seven. Of those picks, we already talked about Miles Murphy and a little bit about battle, but of the remaining picks after Murphy, who is likely to have an impact this coming season and who are going to... So, who is going to have a significant contribution this season? Who might have a bit part and who are the picks for the future? I think that, you know, uh, those early picks, uh, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, I think, especially because of what they lost in the secondary, I think those two guys are probably the most likely to make the quickest impact. And I I, I think p- people were, like I said earlier, people were a little surprised with the Jordan Battle pick, but the Bengals uh, said that he was highest on their board by a long shot at that point, and they really like him a lot, and he's been performing well in camp so far as well. So I, I if I had to choose one, I think I would say Jordan Battle just because of the loss of, of Jesse Bates and Von Bell, but also DJ Turner I think is going to be a big big addition as well for this year. For the future, I, I do think, you know, the wide receivers are definitely more uh, looking into the future because I think Tyler Boyd's on his last year, last year's contract. So is T Higgins and Jamar Chase is still on that rookie contract. I, they're, they're wanting to ex- extend Jamar Chase and hopefully T Higgins and we'll see what happens with Tyler Boyd, but that's not a, a that's not as sure of a thing, but the wide receiver room is, is pretty set right now. And of course there's always room for a fourth, fifth, you know, a, a couple guys to, to slot in here and there. And I think that'll be probably Charlie Jones this year if, if that is available. But yeah, I saw was and um and I see was and uh, Charlie Jones. Those are definitely more of the future picks, just in case they're not able to lock up those wide receivers. They're they're hoping though they can fill those spots. Did Cincinnati need a punter? Which is which leading to the the selection of Robbins? And does he does is he gonna be on the battle for the roster or or does it look like he will be their punter this coming season? 
It, they definitely did need a punter. Uh, they, they, Kevin Huber, they've had him. I mean, it, for so long, a lot, so so long, he's been their punter, and uh, he struggled last season. Drew Chrisman, he, he kind of slotted in a little bit, and he's so it's going to be Drew Chrisman and um, Brad Robbins kind of competing for that spot. I think what it seems like right now is Robbins is the favorite for that, um, but it is still competition. So I, I do think they, they did need. You know that it, obviously they they could have gone about that another way, but it wasn't a bad pick either to to take Robbins there. I, I don't think. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move ahead and talk about the 2023 season for the Bengals, their expectations, and how they match up against Arizona in Week Five. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Looking ahead to the 2023 season, the Bengals are one of the favorites in the AFC, are considered Super Bowl contenders. What is the expectation for the Bengals in 2023? Would is would another AFC Championship loss or Super Bowl loss be enough? Is, is there an elevated level of expectation to where if they don't win a Super Bowl, that it will be bad, well, not, or or that's kind of what everyone expects. Um, I definitely think that expectation is here at this point, and it's tough to say because the Bengals they don't have a Super Bowl in their history, so it's tough to you know say we need a Super Bowl or else this season is a failure. But I do think that's where they where they are at at this point. I think this is the best team they've had in the time that they've had Joe Burrow and also Zach Taylor and, and the same coaching staff that they've been able to keep around for, I think, five years now. I think this is the best team that they've been able to put together. And they've been there for the past two years. I, I think, honestly, and, and of course, it, it you know, it's still a successful season if you're able to make it AFC Championship, Super Bowl. If you're able to make it there and lose, that's, of course, a successful season. But I think fans at this point – they want that Super Bowl. I think it's 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 time for that. They be, they came a few minutes or like how, however you want to view it, maybe a pass interference call away from the Super Bowl in 2021. And they were just a field goal away from making it to another Super Bowl last year. So I think the expectation is definitely there at this point. And it's hard to say it'll be a failure if they don't do it. But the expectation is at the very least an AFC championship uh, to make it there again at this point. So their ceiling is obviously a championship with how this roster is, is set and the success they've already had. What do you think their ceiling is in terms of wins for the regular season? In terms of wins for the regular season, oh man, that 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 is a tough one because the AFC North is is always a tough division. Um, and obviously, then you know they're playing that first place schedule. They've got like the 49ers. They've got the Bills. They, they they've got a bunch of tough teams. But if if you're looking strictly at their ceiling, I think their ceiling could possibly be 14, 15 wins. I mean, they're 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 going to lose a couple games. They they've they've got a tough schedule. But if if they play as well as they possibly can, their ceiling is 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 up there for sure. So reasonable expectations would be another division win. Uh, yes. deep, deep playoff run with the ceiling being a championship, but, but reasonable expectations, win the division, uh, get deep into the playoffs. What do you think their floor is? What it, uh, 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 
except for injuries. So it's not, we're not saying like if, if Joe Burrow gets hurt, which would be catastrophic. Um, but if things un, if the team underperforms, what do you think their worst case scenario is in 2023? I think their worst case scenario, honestly, um, I with this team, I really don't see them missing the playoffs. So I think worst case scenario is still a wild card spot. Is what I is what I see for this team, and um, lo- losing a wild card game, uh, I, I think that's worse. I I really do think that's worst case scenario. If, if everyone, if big players stay healthy, um, which you know that's absolutely what what a great thing for Bengals fans to be able to hear and be to be able to think. <laughs> must be because... nice. It certainly must be nice to have a floor of making it to the playoffs. Yeah, the ceiling uh, of winning a Super Bowl. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, rough life, Bengals fans. Oh, I know. I mean, Bengals fans have <laughs> suffered forever, forever. Now, um, the, they come to town. They face the Cardinals in Week 5 on the road in Phoenix, Glendale technically. Um, how, do the, how do Bengals fans perceive that game on the schedule? Is that one of those games where they look at that's a, that's a definite win slash expected win? Is it a hopeful win? And then below that, I'm not going to go because no one's no one is looking at the Cardinals as a, a as a possible loss. Honestly, I, I think every person on the in the NFL who is a fan of a team, if they have the Cardinals on the schedule, they're already penciling in a win for that game. But how, what is the perception, um, at least for that game? Is that a game where they've already chalked up like fans have already chalked up a win in that one? Uh, yeah, I, I do definitely think so. I mean, at power at all the power rankings I'm seeing, I, I think I'm seeing a lot of Cardinals at 32. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of Cardinals at 32, Bengals around like three or four. Fans are definitely looking at that week on the schedule, and I think they're probably just skipping over a little, a little bit. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look at that game uh, for the Cardinals, and that's one of the they have a handful of no chance games. I think that's a no chance game, and especially because. I think that I think that might be the absolute earliest that Kyler would be back, but I think it's still going to be like Colt McCoy. And if it's Colt McCoy versus Joe Burrow, you know, you know, as as much as we love and respect Colt McCoy here, that's that's not that's not a matchup you want. I consider yeah. the the Bengals game a no chance game. Now, there's always a chance in the NFL. Like literally yeah, anything can absolutely. happen any week. But if when you're looking at the type of games on the schedule, um, I kind of see the the Cardinals game against the Cowboys, the Eagles, uh, both games against San Francisco pretty much, and, and Cincinnati is there. Yeah, no, there, there's no chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and like you said, anything can happen any week, especially it, it's in Arizona, right? So it, it's, it, it's an away game. It's, you know, so anything can happen, sure. But definitely fans are looking at that as like as a sure thing for the Bengals. And the Bengals, it, you know, in the past couple of years, when it comes to those games against you know teams that on paper are not as good or are not really close to 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 them in talent talent wise, they win those games and it's not normally close either. In the past couple of years, Joe Burrow shows up how he's supposed to normally when he's supposed to. Um, and you know everyone has their struggles, but in, in those games he I, I think he threw for like 480 yards against the Falcons last year. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying I'm I'm expecting that exactly, but he shows up when he's supposed to. We're gonna see a 50 burger 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if that is, that's we can expect that. But thank you, Logan. Uh, Logan, I'm, you know Logan Wilson. I'm cheese. <laughs> you're not Logan Wilson. You're Greg Wilson. <laughs> Bengals, Logan Wilson, whatever. But but Logan, thank you so much for your time. This will wrap up this edition of the Rise of Sea Red Podcast, special of Cardinals Talk on the web. Greg, how can uh, obviously you can find some of your work on the Bengals Wire. Where else can we find your work and your social media? Uh, so I haven't been super active recently. I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, start start getting back uh, onto Twitter a little bit more. Um, at just, you know, uh, really all I do is post, you know, some of my stuff from Bengals Wire. Uh, but Greg WLSN13 on Twitter. That's that's really the only other place I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, Bengals Wire too. You know, I don't really have anything else right now. Just graduated school, looking for other things. So. Awesome. Well, Greg, appreciate your time as always. That wraps up this edition of the show. We will be back again with another opponent preview, probably tomorrow, um, as we fin- go through the AFC North and then on to the NFC East games. Thanks for listening as always. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red.